Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. The Take is in. Welcome to The Take is in, The Maiden Voyage. We've got Michael Swander here alongside Big Bad Adam, alongside Bayshawn. Cheers. Um, my wife approved this podcast. We're in the kitchen, so if you hear some background noise, this is not a professional podcast, okay? We go to the fucking post office. We buy our mattresses at a store. Um, we also buy our razors from that fucker behind the counter with the key. So let it be known that we're open for advertising business. And that take is in! It is in. That's Facts. Adam coming in hot. Facts. Anyway, um, we're here to mostly talk about the NBA. Um, so I'd like to just kind of take everybody's pulse on sort of the overall free agency. And I'd like to just kick it to Sean for, for just a soliloquy on the Warriors offseason so far. Yeah, I'm going to hit the uh, pause button for a second on the uh, the free agency and just have a moment for the Gold State Warriors. 16-1, and one. what a season. Uh, it's just a great time to be a Warriors fan. I've said this countless times, and I have to say it again. Um, really, to me, the overarching theme right now is a lot of teams shuffling their uh, the hand they've been dealt because the Warriors are truly light years ahead, and that's just the nature of the beast. <laughs> um, but it's been fun to watch. It's been entertaining. I uh, definitely have enjoyed watching what teams like the Rockets and even like the Timberwolves are doing. Um, with that said, it, it really is, you know, it's a top-heavy NBA right now, and uh, I mean, I couldn't be happier with the team that I'm rooting for. Uh, it, it's just... Uh, they, they have an embarrassment of riches. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to take a swig. <laughs> Adam, counterpoint? I think this is probably one of the most interesting off-seasons that I can remember from the NBA, not just because of, obviously, all the big names that have moved, but just the way that they have moved and the teams that they ended up on. I mean, I know we'll touch on this, but you know the fact that the number one pick gets traded a couple of days before the draft. You, yeah. just, you don't really see that often. I don't think, I'll, even though Jimmy Butler has been on the trade block for what seems like a year now, I don't think anyone thought that a trade with the T-Wolves was going to happen when it did. Paul George going to the Thunder. That was one team that was never mentioned. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Potential Paul George landing spots. Chris Paul, even though I think... Some people assumed that he might move. You know, the team that we kept getting was San Antonio with a little bit of Houston momentum. But just the fact that he is gone, I think, is pretty surprising. And so that's why I just think that the the names that we've seen moved already, the fact that we almost thought that we would see Porzingis moved at one point, yeah. <laughs> that Carmelo still is in New York is pretty crazy. Phil Jackson, there's just been a lot. The Celtics not making deals, so... I just think that we still have some other big names that can be 
on the move, but we've had a great off season so far. It's yeah. been super exciting. So to summarize, if you're a stripper in the OKC area, <laughs> you've got about 41 games, 41 home games to set a trap card down on Paul George. Get o- done. Odds, odds are high. Odds are high. Sam Presti is really got to be out there recruiting strippers to recruit Paul George to stay. That is number one. That would be light years if, he, if Presti That's was light serious. Years. Yeah. Also, Tibbs is bringing back sort of the 08 to 2010 squad, signing, you know, Taj Gibson, Jimmy Butler. I think he's going to recognize that. I think Jimmy Butler was sixth overall in minutes played, and that's not going to fly with Tibbs. He's going to just grind those fucking knees into the ground over the next 41 home games. Yeah, and it's all these teams in the West have been making these moves and what is actually going to happen? Are any of these teams closer to being the Warriors in a seven-game series? Probably not. Yeah. But it's interesting that we have CP3 to the Rockets, Paul George to the Thunder, Paul Millsap to the Nuggets, and I just do not know if any of these teams actually pose a bigger threat to Golden State. Yeah, the thing that I've been like, when I see these transactions or these trades and I kind of take a step back, and I, I think about the player and it's like, okay, can this player be played or can they can they be in, a, in an actual finals game? Or would they, in a, in a good situation for them, would they, you know, could, could they be worthy in, in a finals game? And, you know, the majority of them, I mean, we'll go, we'll come, we'll go across them, but it, I, I would say no. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think we could bounce all over the place. I want to rein in the narrative because we could talk about strippers and OKC all night. Um, but I'm just going to throw out a couple signings, and I want to get your guys' takes on was it expected, were you surprised, and do you see it ultimately making a difference? So Blake Griffin, upon Chris Paul opting in and being traded for seven warm bodies in a, in a, in a draft pick, opted in for, I believe, $173 million five years, and it is now the Blake Show in L.A. He's being compared to Martin Luther King, Thomas Edison. They made a T-shirt, I'm not fucking with you, with all of these people on the yeah. same T-shirt. Interesting. So... Is it Jerry West season, or is Blake going to ultimately disappoint Adam? Your thoughts? I think it makes sense for Blake to want to re-sign with the Clippers because Chris Paul's gone. Now this can pretty much be his team. I think knowing his personality, he's someone that you know likes living out in L.A. Um, him and Matt Leinart both have kids from the <laughs> same woman. Now, fun I, fact: we have a fact checker here, and that's going on right now. So and I'll get the, I'll get yeah, the deep dive on let that. Let contact the research department. Right. So that, I mean, first off, that's a that's big for Blake. You know, <laughs> they acquired Kevin Harlan's daughter's fiance, he, which that's a big acquisition. Which you can figure out is Sam Decker, <laughs> and that's my re dickety dickety dick comment of the night so far. <laughs> Brought to you by Dick Sporting Goods. Yes. So, I mean, we'll see. I guess I was kind of hoping that if Chris Paul bounced, that Blake would maybe sign somewhere more intriguing, maybe Boston or Miami, like any team that will make a, a team in the East interesting. But I get why he's staying there. I can maybe see them as probably not a playoff team. Yeah. So that's about, that's about the run for them. I think DeAndre Jordan's a free agent after this season, so I think Blake wants it to be his team. He got paid a lot. I'm not sure if other teams were going to go, you know, four-year max. Clippers gave him five, so 
Makes sense for him. The Clippers probably not a playoff team anymore. So. Are we going to lock that in as the take-in that they are not a playoff team? I don't know if I can say that yet. Oh, little little disagreement on the first pod. This is what I like to see. It's intriguing. I mean, they have if Blake if Blake stays stays healthy, he is a potential top twelve to fifteen player. DeAndre Jordan's fine. Patrick Beverly's there. They're thin though. They're very thin. Yeah. So. I just don't know. I mean, Sam Decker is a nice player. I don't think he's great. You have Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams. Yeah, but you can't rely on them. That's a Spider-Man meme right there. Yeah, that's but that's been done. The (laughs) Spider-Man meme is that's perfect for them. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a playoff team. Blake would have to play like a top seven player in the league for them to be in the playoffs. So I just disagreed with you saying I'm not ready to call them a non-playoff team in the West. Um, you may, I don't know. The more I think about it, you may be right. Blake, I have been a Blake hater for honestly a long time. And to me, he's just kind of this fraudulent star in the NBA. I don't know that I can't recall a game in a long time that he's had a meaningful impact on it when the money's on the line. I know that's kind of a Skip Bayless take, but truly like every time he plays, you know, the Spurs or the Warriors or the Cavs, like, he really doesn't show up to me. Um, and, and we're talking about a guy, I think he's like 28 now, and he's had a couple of surgeries. And, you know, just from my from my eye test, which um, is not very scientific, but he, he doesn't have the bounce that he used to have. He's mm-hmm. not dunking over guys. Like the Lob City total, like, uh, you know, cliches, it's not really there anymore. And the fact that Chris Paul's gone, I mean, he was their quarterback. Um, I don't know how that's going to translate for Blake Griffin because Chris Paul made Blake's life very a lot easier. So specifically with the Clippers, they were kind of in a weird situation. I for in a weird way, I'm kind of apologetic uh, when it comes to them <laughs> because they couldn't. I mean, they couldn't trade Chris Paul and then let Blake walk. I think they had to re-sign him, um, which is a weird situation to be in. Um, and with that said, I I just think. I don't know. I thought Jerry West would play the, his cards a little bit differently. Um, I thought he was going to blow it up. I thought he was going to let everybody walk. Yeah, exactly. I, I just <clears throat> I, I don't see how this ends with a winning solution for the Clippers. I just I have zero faith in Blake. Yep. I still don't know. I don't know if we actually know how much influence Jerry West actually has over there. True. I mean, I think we we hear about all the great things he'd done with the Warriors, but at the end of the day, as smart as Steve Ballmer might be. I just, he doesn't seem like a guy that wants to just start all the way over. Mm-hmm. They have a new arena yeah. that's coming up. Uh, He's in win now. now. He's in win now. Mark. I mean, Blake Griffin is still gonna put people there. If you're gonna open up a new arena, you probably want to have Blake Griffin there. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know, you know, what Jerry West, what he's actually done over there yet, but yeah, it's the Austin River show now. In, in like, Seriously, like the teams that have had success recently in the NBA, they shoot threes at a high clip. So the two best players on the Clippers right now we're talking about are Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. So your three-point shooting is like non-existent, and JJ just went to the Sixers. So enjoy. Perfect segue brought to you by fucking nerdy-ass uh, security guards that don't walk and are obese at malls because they're also on segways. It's my dad, man. All right, my bad. Point Would that is, be NASC, <laughs> NASC.com, nerdyasssecurityguards.org? Yes, okay. they're sponsoring the podcast. Okay, great, uh, love that. You song. can slash the take is in and get a discount for your 
nerdy segue. IZN. 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 Take IZN. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So that was actually the next topic I wanted to bring up, which is sort of cash cow of, of the season so far, I feel like has to be J.J. Redick. He cashed in on a one-year, $23 million deal. He's trusting the process. He's going into a situation where he's going to be a, a valued floor spacer and also provides him, I think, a little bit more long-term flexibility. He's there for one year. I don't think he's in the Sixers' long-term plans because they don't, you know, they have a lot of people that are going to need money in the next two to three years. But, hey, he earned about... $3 million less than he did over the last four years with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And he gets to basically go join Meme City with fucking JoJo on Instagram. Respect. And, and it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, so. Meme City. Yeah. A new hashtag I like. Yeah, possibly. I like that one. We're still workshopping it. You know, I'm not Ooh. really set on setting it in stone. I like where it's headed. Yeah. But with that said, that signing, moving to the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers, it is in play that they might make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Am I, is that oh, take, yeah. Is that take crazy? No, no, not crazy. I think at this point, you've seen the East lose Jimmy Butler, Paul Millsap, Paul George. All the Pauls. I think every single team in the East has a shot. P.J. Tucker. Every team has a shot of making the eighth seed. Every (laughs) single team. If you are in the East and you go on a three-game win streak, (laughs) you have catapulted to a top three team in that conference. (laughs) I'm going to say this. The East is capital W whack. And it <laughs> it's a homeless shelter. Be. It always will be. This is just ruthless. You need to move Minnesota to the Eastern Conference ASAP. Yeah. ASAP. You need to move the Minnesota Lynx to the Eastern <laughs> Conference ASAP. If you give me a top three of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Lynx, and then the Minnesota T-Wolves, you know what? I might watch the second round. Yeah. Maybe I'll wait for the conference finals. Maya Moore versus LeBron. Someone Ratings finally gets over the hump. Ratings are up. I mean, I'm just telling you. This is why we play. That's a new WNBA tagline, and two teams from Minnesota can make the East Eastern Conference Finals. I'm saying that right here, right now. Yeah, I don't hate the take. I specifically with the JR signing, I I really like it for the Sixers. They're kind of in this uh, I don't know growth spurt phase of their franchise. They're hitting um, puberty. They're hitting puberty, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got some talent. Let's not forget uh, Dario. I mean, he was he was money for them this year, and he's only going to get better. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for J, uh, sorry, JJ Redick. I said JR. Um, JJ Redick is, is a guy you want on your team. He's a really, has a high basketball IQ, um, really, really, really sharp guy. And he, he's just gonna be able to stand on the perimeter and shoot threes. And I think he's going to help a lot for guys like Markel Fultz, um, and some of the other guys in their squad. So I, I really like the acquisition. Yeah, he's not worth $23 million. Let's make that very clear. Absolutely. He's not worth that. But they have the luxury of overpaying for a guy like him, and it makes a lot of sense. And I don't know. I, I just I have a lot. Of, I just was talking about how I don't respect Blake, and I think he's a joke. I have the I'm the opposite way for JJ Redick. I really think he's a he's a he's a dude that you want in your squad and. He he adds a lot outside of what you may see in the in the box score. I mean, I think for what the the Sixers needed, he he fits the mold perfectly. A floor spacer. They needed to overpay for one year, but I think they're still after the Amir Johnson signing. I think fifteen million under the cap floor. Mm-hmm. I believe. I don't, don't quote me on this. I believe I'm, so. Uh, I'm not I'm not a cap nerd, but the take I, is I, in. I, I try to. Um, sort of in. Sort of. 
The only the only thing I don't like about JJ Reddick is that somehow at like thirty years old he was like I like tattoos. Mm. I have a real hard oh. problem with people that all of a sudden mid quarter life crisis oh. trying to hop on the t- tattoo bandwagon. Right, Tatooine bandwagon. Yeah, and he's, he's coming out with like the full like religious one arm. Oh yeah, but that is an interesting storyline. We need a thirty for thirty on that. I don't appreciate it. And that, you know what? The, the tattoos themselves are fine. I'm not trying to say it's impacting his encore value. I'm just saying I find it strange that all of a sudden, I believe at age 29 or 30, he was like, "Let's go." I'm sure he like went under anesthesia and just got a whole fucking sleeve in one day. So. Yeah. Fun fact of JJ Reddick, and I'm not sure if this clip exists on YouTube, but throughout his Duke career, when they <laughs> would play on the road yeah. and he would hit big shots, he would throw up the shocker. Yeah. Appreciate to it. opposing crowds. So this guy's been real for a long time. He though. has. I mean, imagine getting screamed at. Fuck you, JJ, when you're at the free throw line. Yeah. And, you, and your sister's getting made fun of. I mean, my, I got respect for that. My manager will sometimes ask, hey, Adam, is this done yet? And I'll throw him the shocker. Like, <laughs> I know exactly how JJ feels. I want to ask a question here. The 76ers have a new franchise point guard in Markel Fultz, and they have a new white player hero and J.J. Redick is the biggest loser T.J. McConnell for the 76 I believe so because wow. he just lost two of the big corners that was his that demo team. I mean him and Stout I mean I think he was the more polarizing white guy for sure over Stauskas mm-hmm. I mean he had that one buzzer beater he did like the Jordan fist pump over Elo, an iconic moment. Elo in iconic. a situation, like yeah. both guys. So, I mean, McConnell, that's a tough summer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I believe he was heralded as the, the future of the franchise. Oh. And then they trade down three to one. Oof. He's looking to sell whatever condo he owns. He's probably yeah. renting. Let's be honest. He's probably not setting down roots in Philadelphia. Gosh, he's, sitting tough. he's sitting down asking Brett Brown what video coordinator positions are opening up because <laughs> oh I'm, I'm kind of losing a job here. Yeah, he might be. Shout out TJ McCall. We could talk about the Prayers process up. all day. However, I'd like to move on to Boner Killer of the Summer, <laughs> which I, for me, I'm just setting this up. You guys can agree or disagree. has to be Drew Holiday. For five years, 125, in which the Pelicans signed him, where I think the GMs were literally signing people for their job. Um, Could be. I think that management there, they made the trade for Boogie. They needed to sign Drew Holiday because of all the shitty contracts they have with Etwan Moore, with Solomon Hill, with Omer Ashik. They have... $10 million players that are producing absolutely nothing. The only way they could sign a, a, a real name was to retain Drew Holiday for what I think is an overpay. Mm-hmm. Sean, what are your thoughts? Uh, goes back to what I was saying earlier. Drew Holiday is not a guy I view on a championship roster. I would never shell out that much money for a player of his caliber. Um, the Pelicans are... I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a Pelicans fan. They're in such a bizarre situation... Trading for Boogie um, and Drew, I mean, he's a backup point guard, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. He, he's just not a dude you, you shell out that much money for. And, uh, yeah, I would just be disappointed if I was a fan of the Pels right now. I, I don't know. He, he, it's just a bad look. I think but, they're in purgatory for a little bit. I yeah. don't think that they're going to be necessarily a real contender um they might be fighting for that eighth spot if everything gels with the big men but if it doesn't i think that boogie might be on the move and in that case i think you're gonna see a very quick turn on what's the return for anthony davis in the next two years that's why they're so yeah, screwed be. because if you look at it 
Trading Buddy Heald and Tyreek Evans for, for DeMarcus Cousins, that's a home run deal. Like, but th- they had been so bad with their moves before that. Like, like you said, they had to sign Drew Holiday because if they just let him go, they still don't have enough money to sign anyone else that's significant. But, yeah, I mean, it really sucks for Pelicans fans because they, you know, when Anthony Davis is healthy, that's like a top seven, eight player in the league. And they're not going to have him throughout his prime because at some point, either he's going to demand to be traded out of there or the actually the best move for that franchise would actually be to trade him at his highest selling point and mm-hmm. get as many assets, draft picks as possible and start completely over because yep. they just have, you know, there's just no other option. And um, Michael didn't segue into this, but... We are doing our first annual Boner Killer, <laughs> brought to you by ESPN's First Take. Absolutely. I just want to, like, the Pelicans starting five is Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Drew Holiday, and then Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill. Not thrilled with the two So, there. like, yeah, they've got issues, and I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. I think what, what Adam said was, was accurate. They might have to sell high on, on, on the brow. I mean, that's probably, you know, off on the horizon, but I don't It's know. either that or another boogie trade. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes more sense. I don't know. I mean, I think you have to go through every option before you do the Anthony Davis trade, and maybe you flip boogie again at some point this year. Yeah, the way I see it is that if they're in contention, like if come January they're sort of in the 6 through 8 spot, I don't think anybody moves because that's, I think, a win for them. But if they're in the, you know, 8 through 10 spot, and the only reason I see them being in through the, like, 8 through 10 spot is if it's not working with those two. And I think if it's not working with those two, Boogie has to be traded. Mm -hmm. And then if they can flip, you know, basically Buddy Heald for whatever they get back for Boogie, we we can evaluate it then. But I think it's... Safest take ever. A little too early to tell. No, it's possible that things it, it could get better for them. I mean, they they finished tenth in the in the West last year. It's possible that the Brow and Boogie play better together. I don't know. I'm just I'm not. I have no faith in that franchise. Yeah. I also don't know if Alvin Gentry is a great head coach. I think you know he did really well, kind of taking over for the Mike D'Antoni sons when he had you know he still had Steve Nash and. Mm-hmm. He was obviously everyone at Golden State loved him. Yeah. But you know, it might it's a bad roster and it's probably tough to play figure out creative ways to get Anthony Davis and Boogie out there, but it's it, you can't get creative when you don't have the personnel. No. All right, I'm gonna move on to another situation. So you, we've all seen the movie Pulp Fiction. Correct? Correct. Give me a nod, yes. something gentle. Yeah. So up. Zed walks let me, let me rephrase. How do I how do I set this up? Zed and the Gimp. You've got Joe Lacob and you've got Andre Iguodala. Who plays who in that scenario? Because I think Andre Iguodala just out leveraged the shit out of the Warriors to get three years, 48 million guaranteed. Uh, you don't yeah. actually have to answer the casting question. But. Yeah, I mean, I would say Andre totally strong on the Warriors. He, um, uh, same, same, along the same lines as JJ Redick. Andre Iguodala is an extremely smart human being. This is a guy who has a very high IQ. Um, I, I have so much respect for him and what he's done for every single team he's played for. And early on in his career, he kind of was a little bit maligned. But uh, Andre Iguodala is a fucking stud. And uh, he knows what he's doing, specifically with this 
um, with this free agency period for him. I mean, this is really the last time he's going to get paid, and he's a Finals MVP. Um, he's Warriors fans know how important he's been to this franchise. I mean, he uh, he, he was really the, when he signed with the Warriors. I remember like reading the news and be like, "Wow, okay, Andre Iguodala is coming here. This is a big deal. Like, yeah. the franchise is really turning around." I mean, the last big signing we had was probably like David Corey, Lee. Mag- yeah, David Lee. I was gonna say Corey Maggette. You bite your tongue. Fuck Corey Maggette. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Corey Maggette. Uh, straight up. Anyways, um, yeah. So Andre Iguodala, um, he totally got the best of the Warriors front office. Um, it's it, the the three the third year is what it boils down to. Yep. And for him to get a third year for 16 mil for what we know is a guaranteed 16 million dollars, three years for 48. Um, that's a really nice deal for him considering um, everything he's accomplished. Uh, yeah, I mean he he's done well for himself, and I'm surprised Bob Myers and Joe Lacob got kind of I don't want to say pushed around, but uh, you could you. You couldn't let him go, I feel like, also. Absolutely. I think he hold a lot, held a lot of the cards, and uh, just for the record, Bayshon would have cast Andre Iguodala as Zed, and uh, Joe Lacob is the gimp. Yes, fact. Adam? Yeah, I'm just, um, obviously, I'm not a diehard Warriors fan. I absolutely res- respect Andre Iguodala and his career. I'm going to compare him in this situation to the UC Santa Cruz t-shirt that was made famous from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's like... You see someone oh wearing God. that shirt that didn't go to the school, right. and you're they just of, committed a murder. Just <laughs> chill out with yep. the shirt. You're not that cool. It's not that clever. And banana slugs. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that take takes <laughs> per se. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare take. Andre Iguodala to the UC Santa Cruz shirt. Yeah, sure, you're not that clever. Okay, okay? You're not that. I respect you a lot. Just chill out a little bit. You know. I mean, you're not that clever. So you thought he would have got somewhere around that, regardless of where he went, and he just wanted to come back to a winning situation. I mean, this guy just announced about a week ago, him and Steph are doing... Yeah. Are, TED Talks. They're doing, like, a, what? They're a podcast, or... Andre is very involved with the Bay Area, and he's, he, he's in... Like, there's a reason he came here in yes. the first place. So I know what you're getting at. Yeah. He, I don't think he was going to leave ever. I think it was all a ploy. And but that kind of seems it. like him, right? He's got kind of that personality, and we've kind of seen it in the past, even when he had that kind of controversial Kerr quote that uh, kind of flew off the hinges yes. this year, where his personality is a little quirky, where I think he tries to kind of keep you on your toes, manipulate certain people. Smart guy. And I think he is, but that's why I, I was I would be very surprised if he ended up going to a team like the T Wolves or the Kings or even the Rockets. I think I think he was trying to be a little cute, trying to make him feel wanted. But Get some thought, dinners. Yeah, you know nice what I mean? Steaks. Which I'm all about that. I don't know who's going to be listening to this podcast, but I'm just going to admit this. Dozens of listeners. That my freshman year at the University of the Pacific, I went on plenty of free dinners from fraternities trying to recruit me. Oh, I had, so you, you actually have some perspective. I had. I simply cannot relate. I, had, I didn't have a lot of interest. There wasn't a lot else to do in Stockton, I was told. But I was all in for the free dinners. So, yes, I pulled an Andre Iguodala. I was 19 years old, and I needed to find myself. Now, do it again. In there. 
Speaking of boner killers, we're going to circle back to which, which I think is one of the most questionable signings of the summer in that Kyle Korver is going back to Cleveland without a GM for three years and $22 million guaranteed. It has been stated that LeBron James has had no point in recruiting any free agents back to the Cavaliers. Now, I know he might have you know, looked for playmakers and, and players last year to help them sort of go over the hump towards the championship. However, three years, $22 million when Kyle Korver was played off the floor in the finals. I'd like to get Sean's take on this because I feel like he's oh, going to come in hot. Let's go. All right, so who, first of all, who is making these decisions? Who is the captain now? We don't know. On the Cavs? No one knows. This is like... It, Cha- Chauncey is literally getting stretched out for a big three game, ignoring text messages from Dan Gilbert because he does not want to make a decision yet. Yeah. Well, We're talking about a franchise that is an entire 2017 Steph Curry over the cap. Yikes. Yikes. Wow. So uh, to sign Kyle Korver, who is currently 36 years old, to a $22 million contract – and in my opinion, LeBron is leaving after this season. That contract, even though it, the 22 mil is not that much, but 37, 38 years old, you're going to pay a guy that much who literally cannot play defense. I mean, I make fun of Isaiah Thomas all the time for being a traffic cone. Kyle Korver is, is very close to that. He is straight up unwatchable on the defensive end. He shoots threes at a very high clip. Good for him. Um, but that's all he brings. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just I'm totally perplexed with the Cavs. I love it because um, you know they got the best of us last year and blah 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 three one. You know fuck you and you know go <laughs> fuck you and your fucking championship. Yeah, exactly. And go vote for barely one. Damn it. Specifically with Kyle Korver. It's a very questionable signing. I don't see how it plays out in a positive light for the Cavs. It's just, uh, I don't know what's going on there. If I'm Kyrie Irving this year, I think I demand a trade. Or I try to get my ass out of there before LeBron does it before me. Now, I, don't, I know that Interesting. They're, I, think, I think they get along pretty well. I don't think they're very close. There's so. a lot of, I was, I'm going to add this. There's a lot of fake camaraderie within the Cavs. I said it. Go for sure. If you're doing, if you're doing well, LeBron loves you. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing well, it's just it's kind of like cold teammate stuff. But if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm probably back channeling and trying to get my ass out of there because I'm sure that LeBron would not tell him ahead of time, "Hey, uh, this is my last year. Let's go all out." I'm sure LeBron wouldn't do that. If I'm anticipating it, and then Kyrie's already been there for a while. He's won a championship there. I'm trying to get the hell out before LeBron does it first. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the youngest superstar on that team by a long shot. He's got a lot of prime left, and I think this is a nice segue into what I think is what's happening in L.A. next year because there are a lot of takes going on that if, this, if the stripper community in OKC doesn't do their job and trap down Paul George, mm. there's also a point guard in OKC that is actually from the area who may or may not have his sights on... Not necessarily saying jumping to L.A., but I don't know that Sam Presti has done enough to, to bolster that roster to the point where he doesn't really have a reason to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these reports coming out about LeBron having his eye towards the West, yeah. especially the Lakers. Like, Is there a scenario in which we see Russ, Paul George, and, I said and, not or, LeBron. Lamello. Le, yep, Sorry. Lamello Ball. Sorry. He's going to go play in China for one year at 17 years old, get paid, and he's going to circumvent the rules, take. and he's going to go over to the Lakers. I have a take. 
Please share. July 2nd, 2017. Two of the three players are going to be Lakers in 2018. Of the three we just mentioned. I'm going to name the three right now. Sorry for jumping the gun. Thank you for apologizing. So I get to pick two out of your three? No. I don't know what the math is here. We're just going to let Sean talk for the next 30 seconds. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, LeBron James. Two of the three, and I would be very confident with Russell that they're going to be Lakers in 2018. It points that way. Unless, I mean, it, again, it's July 2nd. Maybe Sam Presti pulls a contract out of his ass. Maybe he convinces Russ to re-sign. That could happen. But the way things are headed right now, I it just feels that way. All, I mean, Paul George and Russ are L.A. guys. Um, Paul George, I mean, he seems like a lock to be a Laker to me. I mean, everything I read... Um, I mean, the the Celtics, they offered a almost a, I would call, I mean, yeah, they offered a haul to get him, and they basically got sketched out um, at the at more recently absolutely to to really pull the trigger for a trade for him because they thought he might go to the the Lakers regardless. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, th- I think the Lakers, um, they're a draw. Um, they are what they are. they're a they're a site. they're a they're a global brand, and they can draw guys like that even when they're dog shit. Which is, I would say, is, is pretty impressive because, you know, the, the track record over the last three or four years is that they can't even get LaMarcus Aldridge in the same room as them. And then all of a sudden, Bus Family and Cupcheck kind of pump the brakes and say, hey, why don't we have the most, if not one, maybe second fam- most famous Laker of all time mm-hmm. run with Palenka in the wings doing actually the, the business decisions? I think the D'Angelo trade, should they get one of those three players, two of those three players, absolutely pay dividends. If it doesn't, then it can be judged very harshly. Yeah. Um, but I'm really interested to see what happens in L.A. next summer because they're poised with the way that their cap um, and, and their contracts that come off the books next year with Lopez. It's going to be very interesting. In X's and O's standpoint, Lonzo and Russ could exist together. Like, they're both, both point guards, but I think it would work. Yeah, I think... If we're just looking at the LeBron aspect, LeBron is not going to sign with the Lakers unless he already knows that another star is coming with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whether that be That's true. guys that we've talked about, Paul George, even like Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, he's making sure that someone else is already aligned with him. I think the Paul George is always interesting because, I mean, there's still a scenario where. You know, him and Russ, for some reason, they're not working out together. And Sam Presti is talking to Paul George and his agency and says, you know, what are you guys thinking after this year? And maybe they tell him things aren't going well. We're just not meshing here. We're still going to, like, look to L.A. And then maybe the Thunder trade Paul George to the Lakers before the deadline. Like, he, there's so many ways where he could either, you know, Maybe he stays with Oklahoma City if, you know, they have a really good year, maybe get to the conference finals. Maybe that convinces him to stay and re-sign there. I think, though, that the Lakers, I don't think that they are worried about him going to Oklahoma City. I think they still think they have a, a great chance of signing him. The Russ factor is always interesting to me because I think that Russ is – you know, I think he seems like a guy that is pretty happy with where he's at. I think mm-hmm. this year will be definitely huge if they're 
even with adding Paul George, if, if they're eliminating the first round, I'm sure that gives him a little bit more incentive to bail. But I Can I cut in? Hit me. I think Russ wants out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. I think um, I, I think he's ready to bounce, and I think he has every right to bounce as a Warriors fan, um, as an NBA fan. He has an out, and Kevin Durant got the hell out of Dodge, and really, if Russ leaves, no one's really going to slander him. No one's going to, like, get mad at him. I think – I truly believe Russ is gone. I don't I, I don't think he's going to sign an extension. I'd be shocked if he did, um, and that take is in. To uh, that point, I think the Oklahoma City management and Sam Presti actually bought themselves the same out by signing Paul George because when you look at it from an asset standpoint, they took one-year rental of Serge Ibaka – Flipped it into Victor Oladipo and a pick that turned into Sabonis. Vastly overpaid Oladipo in my mind to make him almost untradeable, which actually the case was that he was not. Yeah. And then flipped basically, if you look at it from that perspective, you have one year of Serge Ibaka and you flipped it for one year of Paul George. I would do that any day of the week. So if he does leave, the fans go, well, Sam Presti tried. He tried to improve the roster. Exactly. So they both have it now. Either yep. way. Yep. And either way, I think the, the fans of Oklahoma City should one or both of them leave, I don't think they're going to take it very well. If they do, I'd be very surprised. Like, maybe they, they view it as, well, we didn't do enough to support him, but they have a track record in the last 365 days of that when somebody who's very good on their team leaves, they don't take it in, well in stride. Mm-hmm. So, Well, back to the LA part, I think what's kind of most interesting about them is that People are fearful that they are going to start being able to form their own super team. And the nice thing with them is that their two biggest assets right now, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, they're yeah. on a rookie scale deals. Yep. Yep. Um, if anything, they might have to eventually trade Julius Randle because he's up for a big extension. They'll most likely let Brooke Lopez walk in free agency. But they're in a very good spot, mm-hmm. and I think that's why everyone's kind of talking about them as free agent players for probably anyone that's big that becomes a free agent for the next two or three off-seasons is just because they're not going to have a lot of big contracts. They already moved Mozgov, so you know maybe they find someone to take Ding, maybe not. But even if they have to part ways with Julius Randle, you're looking at Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they still have all those other good draft picks they've made in the past, like Larry Nance. We'll see about these guys this year, like Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. LeVar Ball. Yeah, LeVar Ball is coming in hot. That's a that's a three-son guarantee. Yep. And, yeah, I think they're going to be major players, and I think Palinka, and Matty Johnson are smart guys, and I think it's a good time to be a Lakers fan. Absolutely. I think, you know, for the first They bottomed out for sure. They're like The oh, arrow yeah. is pointing up. So high for the Lakers. They drafted well. They, they did. I mean, they're they're a good example of. It's not the same as Oklahoma City drafting KD, Russ, Harden, and Ibaka. Three but in a row. It's yeah. pretty close. Like they drafted number two for the past three seasons. You end up with yeah, D'Angelo helps. Russell, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. It's pretty good. Maybe you didn't nail D'Angelo Russell because of Porzingis, but at that time. That didn't seem like a huge stretch to take. No, I, mean, I like Josh Hart too. They got at the time, at the time, everybody was like, "Thank God they didn't pick Julie Okafor." Right, like it was seen as a, as a nice move. They nailed all. Yeah. They nailed their picks, and like we said, like the Clarkson, Larry Nance, the later round guys that might be Josh Hart this year. I think they've done a very good job of drafting. Yeah, I think it's time to move on to the uh, the hostage taker 
of the summer who's basically holding up everybody's money, which is Gordon Hayward at 9.42 p.m. on a Sunday night has still yet to sign a deal. Um, I'd say three months ago, I was hell-bent that he was going to stay in Utah just because of the money. Um, I say I have pivoted to I thought it was a sure thing that he was going to Boston. Right now, I'm actually not sure because in order for him to sign with Boston, there actually would have to be some, some moves that were made in order for that to happen. They have to clear cap. I it. believe so. I'm not Nate Duncan, so I can't nerd out with my Shout friendship. Shout out Nate Duncan. You say we love your pod. This is no hate. Dunk Don. Yeah. Play our friend in Evie one-on-one. Just do it. Do Please. it. Not my friend. Not my friend. Colleague. <laughs> anyway, point being, I think that once he signs, other dominoes will fall. Most of the big pieces have either gone back to their teams or made non-exciting moves. Like, yeah, Paul Millsap went to Denver, three years, 90 million. He's going to be the only defensive player on that team. I think he pairs well with Jokic, but I don't actually think it's going to be a difference maker to push them over the edge. It's a nice signing. They needed to spend money. I like the move, but I really think that Gordon Hayward is the next domino to fall that will then sort of, all of these sort of mid-level guys who are waiting for moves to be made with teams that are over the cap, that will sort of, deals will be signed like bam, 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 the second that that happens. So, Adam... Where do you think that Gordon Hayward is going to sign? And if you were him, why would you leave Utah? I guess. <laughs> why would you leave Utah? Why would you oh leave Utah? Oh, my God. What a question. So I'm going to just go off what I want to see happen. I just, I'd rather him just stay there. I think the, I thought the Jazz were very fun to watch this year. They were. Look, we always play this game now like, oh, well, this Will they really be able to beat the Warriors? No, probably not. But if we have a uh, if we have another Warriors Jazz second round matchup next year, that's fine with me. I mean, I think they might win one game. They might. Oh, Jeremy's not gonna like that. He's gonna hate it. He's gonna hate that. But I'd rather just watch him stay because I enjoyed watching the Jazz. I'm still intrigued by a core of Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gobert, Rodney Hood, adding Ricky Rubio in there over George Hill, that makes me more interested in that team. I also am very much on the train of just watching Celtics fans get pissed off every time they lose out on someone that they were supposed to get in the the Danny Ainge treasure chest. So I'm all in on more guys spurning the Celtics. So look, they won't beat the Warriors, they won't win a championship, but it's the Utah Jazz just getting to the second round, that's even we look at the team like a Nuggets. Like, well, is signing Paul Millsap, is that going to put them over the edge to win a title? No, it's not. But for the Nuggets, getting to the Western Conference Finals, that's a banner season. Yep. You can hang a banner. Like, it's different set of goals for a different set of teams. If your team's small, especially small markets like Utah and Denver, just – Getting a team that's fun to watch, Seat at the that table. can compete, that can maybe get to the conference finals, for that fan base, that should be good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have one wacky season in 30 where you actually win the title. Probably not going to happen in Utah. I'm so, so sorry. But look, you had Carl Malone. You had nothing else Jeff in between. Hornacek. You had Andre Karolinko being able to hook up with other women once a year per the rule from his wife. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That is factually true. Only away teams, though. Wow. I believe that was the rule. I think you had I, to be on the road. True. Yeah. That's a fact. And so I would, I'd rather see him stay with Utah. I liked how they played basketball. And I want to see Boston fans just keep flipping out. Personally, <clears throat> I think... 
I think Hayward's going to sign with the Celtics. And when he signs with the Celtics, people are going to be talking about this differently. They're going to land a top 15 talent maybe in the league. Um, and I think this is going to – they're going to be better when they add him. And when they do – Hot take. They might be better. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. They Hold keep brave. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Okay. Uh, I'm back. Same. <laughs> Same. Gordon Hayward is going to change the Celtics. Jalen Brown is going to get better. They've got young talent's going to get better. I love Avery Bradley. I just slandered Danny Ainge a little bit, but I don't know. I think I think the East is in a really weird place right now where people are kind of anticipating LeBron to leave, and if that's the case, who knows what's happening to the Cavs. Like, truly, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased, but the Cavs are in a really bizarre spot right now. And maybe the, maybe the Celtics win the one seed again, and maybe Gordon Hayward, um, you know, takes a couple games off the Cavs. I view that as a win for them. Mm-hmm. And if they can if they can do that and continue to build on the as you said like treasured trove of draft picks that they have, they're in a good spot. Um, with that said, I. I Danny Ainge, he should have pulled the trigger by now. Dude, I, I Terry Rozier like is untouchable. You shut your goddamn mouth. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know what or why he has not gone after harder Paul George or Jimmy Butler, but the, the haul of the teams have got Bulls. The, the Bulls got freaking garbage. The Pacers got freaking nothing for Paul George. They could have topped that. So, I don't know. I, I, I think... A Gordon Hayward acquisition for the Celtics would be huge for them. With that said, Danny Ainge, what are you doing? I believe the Celtics are sitting on a treasure trove of assets and taking a shit on it, so uh, to speak. Um, unless they, unless they're just waiting for New Orleans to panic trade Anthony Davis. Panic trade? I mean, oh, I mean, <laughs> Do we tell. don't know. We don't know, but I definitely think that Boston should see this all this turmoil in Cleveland and be kind of ready to pounce. Yeah. Which is probably why, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of thinking to themselves, you know, Toronto's in like this no man's land bringing Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry back. But as much as I probably agree with that, in one year, the Cavs might just be over with. Yeah. And the way things are set up now, if you look at the if you look at the East right now, not making any assumptions on what's going to happen, the other four teams that could probably be in the 2019 NBA Finals is probably Boston, Toronto, Washington, and Philadelphia. Yeah, I think yeah. they're on the come up. All right, I think we've gone through most of the major signings. We've had our takes. We've talked, you know. A lot about the strippers in OKC. We could talk about that for hours. We could. We could. But I just want to remind quickly to everyone listening because, look, we are all big-time NBA fans as well as other. we also love a lot of other sports. True. And it is hard to remember every single thing. You guys have computers out. I've got a pen and paper. People listening at home are probably either driving, taking a bath. I thought you were going to slander the Giants for a second. Now he's going to swing. Oh, well, wait for but the But continue. Fucking... I just want to remind everyone that, yes, 
The Detroit Pistons are still an NBA team, and that's really hard for the 204, let me see, yes, the 204 remaining Pistons fans in America. Yes, we still have a basketball team. Yes. Did they have clean water? Yes. And we did sign Langston Galloway to a, uh, too big, too large of a deal there, Bob. But yes, just want to remind everyone that the Pistons are a team. It's not looking good. But we have Boban. <laughs> Boban, the legend. That's all you need. I'd say that there's a common thread with the uh, coach GM slash yeah. position making bad decisions. Now, right. before we end the pod, I would like to end with a question on will Damian Lillard ever make an all-star team? Given the transfer of power from the East Stars that have moved West, he's always been a perennial snub. And now I think his job to get to the all-star team has been its even harder than it was in years past. So will he ever make an all-star team? And if he doesn't, will he be the biggest, quote, snub of his career? I'll say, I'll say, yeah, he'll never make one. Ah, sh- mm. I yeah, I already committed. Stand by the your take tank. is in. <laughs> it's not the take is out. It's yeah. not the take is flippy floppy. The it's take is fucking in. It was already out there. <laughs> Damian Lillard is not going to make an all-star team, and it's a fucking crime because he's a really good player. He does a lot of really good things for the Blazers. His defense is a little bit suspect. Um, but, yeah, the, the West is so stacked right now. There's so much talent. It's really not a knock on Damian Lillard. It's it's just uh, it's tough right now. Dame, sorry, man. There, there's just a lot of competition. I'll say he absolutely makes an all-star team. Okay. I think that even if you have Steph Curry and Westbrook remaining in the West, whether that be the Thunder or the Lakers, I think eventually CP3 is not going to be making all-star teams. He's competing again. I I guess Jimmy Butler is going to be moving into the backcourt of the West. Or frontcourt. Is he a forward? Is Wiggins playing the two? Is he... I would, clear. I would say he's list. He's gonna be listed as a two. Okay. So you you throw another guy like that in the backcourt in the west. Yeah, he will play shooting guard. Yeah, you're right. I think he eventually will because I think that there will be years where someone like Clay won't always make it. Yep. I think Jimmy Butler is not always a guarantee to make China it. China Clay. China Clay. That's another topic. <laughs> but I think I think Dame is always going to be scoring enough where he's going to be top seven in the league in scoring and. I think I think eventually he'll crack it, but probably only one if he stays in the West. Yeah. Probably only one. I mean, it's it's pretty insane that Mike Conley has never made one. It's just because of how tough the West backcourt is. So if Dame finishes with zero, it's not nothing against his career. But if he moves to the East, it's a guarantee. But I'll say he makes one. Totally. I mean, most teams would want Dame on their squad. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's a he's a plus player. There's there's a lot of teams in the line with the one. So I think in summary, we've talked about the OKC strippers enough. I'll bring it back, but like just buy some more safety pens. You'll get one. You got 41 home games. Point is, a lot of movement from east to west. I think there's a lot of teams standing pat, and um, you know we'll see. I think that there's a clear cut favorite, not only as a fan, just as somebody who appreciates basketball, like the Warriors bringing back the band. Mm-hmm. is going to be really tough to beat. But there are teams that are, you know, loading up, and there are teams that are just kind of giving it a pass. So it's it's going to be really fun. I'm very excited for the league pass next year. I think Minnesota is going to be fun to watch. Yes. I think um, 
probably the only one that really upgraded for me. If, if, if Boston really, if, if they get Gordon Hayward, I'm all in to watch them. Um, but there's going to be a lot of fun teams next year. I would add, like, so I'm going to go through my winners right now. Yeah, let's hear your winners. We haven't talked about them, and we are, who knows how far into this podcast. But we don't have a clock. The Houston Rockets did really well for themselves. And Chris Paul, James Harden, you've got two top ten players at worst. Um, we'll see how it works out, X's and O's wise. They both are ball dominant guys, um, but I really think uh, I think the Rockets have done very well for themselves. They just added PJ Tucker, right? Yep. And they got Nene Hilario for pennies. Yeah, three years, eleven um, million, which is a nice addition. They're gonna be solid competition for the Warriors. I'm not gonna say they're gonna beat them or anything, but. They, they've done really well. And uh, I would also add, you know, the Timberwolves have done, you know, a great job. I mean, I did not see Jimmy Butler going there. And the Western Conference is just getting stronger. Yep. We mentioned it earlier. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, just um, wow. Um, it, the West is, is just crazy deep right now. Um, another winner I had, I kind of I kind of like where the Knicks are at. Okay. Ready? Oh, let's hear it. Ready? Let's hear it. They have, like, no awful contracts right now. Have you met Joakim Noah? I have. All right. But Joakim Noah has how long left? Three more years. Three more years? About $20 million a year. Okay, sorry. Is that the only one? <laughs> That's the only t- atrocity. And then there's this guy named Carmelo Anthony who, depending on how yeah, you feel about he's, him. Yeah, but I think he's... He's in buyout season? Yeah, buyout season. All right. I, I think that they are an attractive destination, and I think that, uh, you know, the, the Porzingis angle with them is going to work out. I think the Phil Jackson era for them is a little bit overblown. Um, they have more going for them than what people are saying. The losers, for me, Pacers, I don't yep. know what you're doing. Yeah, they're high. Kyle Lowry. Uh, you're running it back. I don't know if there's really a positive spin with the Raptors. They uh, hopefully LeBron goes west. That's what I have to say for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that contract to me. I'm looking it up right now. I believe it was three years, a hundred million. Yeah, three years, a hundred million dollars. I think that's a bit steep for his skill set and his age. But at the same time, if you're Toronto, like I don't know what else you do. I think the best thing is that it's three years. Yeah, it's not a five. That's true. Right. So, yeah. Do you have any, uh, you know, winners, losers, surprises? I have a couple winners and losers. That is number one on my list because we have been talking throughout this podcast about the strippers in Oklahoma City. Well, I think a strip club in Oklahoma City called Boner Killers (laughs) is a winner. A winner. And that take is in. Way in. Second of all, another winner, the 76ers, because they have set themselves up very nicely to lure LeBron James in 2018. (laughs) Sneaky. Trust that process. Um, And then my biggest loser, Enes Cantor. Yeah. Because, look, we've all heard the term breaking in the internet well, Mr. Cantor, showing a locker that 
could belong to Rudy Gay next year. That's not breaking the internet. That is called No One Cares. Say it so, with me. No, no One cares. cares. So I just I thought that was great that he was breaking a scoop here. No one gives a crap about a Rudy Gay signing. And then the other biggest winner, because we've already gotten out all the big names, and I think once Gordon Hayward makes his decision, and everyone, all eyes are on Dion Waiters. Mother trucking Waiters. And that changes the whole landscape of the league. I mean, if Dion Waiters goes from Miami to a team in the West, the East is done. <laughs> the East is done. There are no more superstars. It has a chance to be the Western Conference All-Stars versus LeBron and Dion Waiters. Yeah. So we're going to see where he goes. This is going to change the landscape of the league. Everyone says, well, is this enough to beat the Warriors? With Dion Waiters, the answer is, is always yes. So I was going to move on to prop bets, but I think we've uh, we've taken up enough time right now so we'll save the prop bets for another pod but uh, I think this is going to end the uh, inaugural take is in episode episode yeah. one pilot if you will we actually need to talk about one person oh oh bring it we up we need to talk about Steph Curry alright we've not done it. this yet <sighs> talking about the highest paid player in the NBA oh, sorry it needs to be done <laughs> 200 million dollars he was paid rags for four years and he finally got paid and he's worth every penny. He's yep. probably worth more, as LeBron tweeted. He's worth your penny. I'd pay a penny. I would your dog all penny. my pennies. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the point being is the Warriors are no longer in this Steph cheap era. No. He's no longer a bargain, y'all. He's no longer a bargain. And it's going to make their lives a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And that is definitely going to change things. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm really happy for Steph. He deserves the money. Uh, he, he has done so much for the Bay Area, and I'm, I, he's an amazing person. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. I think you either bet it all on black against the Warriors this year or you said, why don't we just, like, stay away from roulette for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, this is the inaugural take is in. We've got Big Bad Adam. We've got Bayshon. We've got myself, Michael Swander, and we hope to get advertisers eventually. So go fuck yourselves, people. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.